Hello, it's time to build your empire. Sophie Zolman, owner and founder of Sophie Zoe Virtually There For You, is sharing the secrets to building a better business and taking back your time. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Building Your Empire with Sophie Izzo. I am so excited for today's guest. Y'all don't know, this is my coach and mentor, friend and colleague, all of those things. And I'm so excited to have her on today because she gets to share the beautiful wisdom that she shares with me as my coach with some of y'all and you get a taste of how wonderful she is. So without further ado, I'm introducing to you Amira Alvarez. She's the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs, empire builders, athletes, creatives, and rising stars in all fields achieve their dreams and goals in record time. As someone who has made a quantum leap going from barely making six figures to making 700K in one year and then onto seven figures and has lived to tell you all about it, she knows exactly what tactical strategies and mindset shifts are required to get out of your own way, live life on your own terms, and master the art of achieving any goal you set your mind to. All right, guys. Here she is. Welcome to the show, Amira. I'm so excited to have you today. I am so excited to be here, Sophie. This is going to be so much fun. I love I love that we're doing this in this new format and that you've invited me on. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you. So here we go. I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests. What is your best advice for business owners who want to scale from six to seven figures and beyond? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's not one thing that I'm going to tell you because it's it's not a one thing kind of experience. Having done this and helped so many people do this, I know that it takes a lot of different elements to, there's a lot of different elements to that puzzle. So first and the most important piece, like I, I call this step one in creation, or if you want to get a little bit more woo, step one in the manifestation matrix. Like how do you call your idea into reality? In this case, it's scaling your business. How do you, how do you do that? Well, first you have to really claim what you truly want. Desire is causative. You have to own that big, juicy, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I really, really want it desire. And what I see most people doing, and I saw you smile there, uh, Sophie, because I know, I know you got one of those. Um, what most people do is a, a reasonable growth goal. They, they go for something that seems like they'll make it, but it doesn't actually excite them. And you'll know if you're really excited by it, if it kind of scares the bejeebers out of you, like it, it, it energizes you on a different le level. It's not like you're in fear all the time, but you're like, this is big. It's, it's causing me to grow and face things that I haven't faced before. So that would be like the foundational piece is really like have something that's, that's big. And, and I'm not the first one to, to say this, people talk about be, be had goals and, and all of that. But my, my story of like going five times in my income, going from 138 to 700 K was because I was going for a million. Okay. I really wanted to make a million that year and I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it, it excited me. And I did more because 
I was stretched than if I had done something reasonable and I, I just wouldn't have gotten nearly as far. Now, the caveat there is if you go too far outside of your belief structure, it becomes something that you use to beat yourself up um, and, and to reaffirm an, a self-image of not enough or I never uh, can can achieve or I'm not successful. So you really, there is a nuance to it. So that would be step one for sure. Okay. And, and that's definitely what we talk about all the time with us coaching together and things like that. So, so tell me, because I know you have this phrase, it is, it's not magical thinking. That's not going to get you to that desire. So you have this juicy, humongous desire you really want it. Where do you go from there? Because it's not like you can say, okay, I want this. And then you get to sit on the couch and wait for it to appear because that's magical thinking. That's not how it works. Correct. So what's the next step after that? What you, you've named your desire. What's the next step after that? Absolutely. So this is really important. You have to do the math. Okay. So you take it from, okay, here's my big desire. Now, what is it going to take to get there? And you have to break it down into a math equation. I have something called the scale plan that I share with people and it's, and it's takes them through step by step exactly how to look at this. And, and not only do you have to make sure that you have the math worked out to get from where you are now to where you want to be, meaning how many, you know, how many, um, widgets, if you will, do you have to sell? If you're in a service-based business. How much do you have to sell? What's the quantity? What's the price point? What's the, do you need to add something else to your service offering? You know, there's only three ways to make more money. You raise your prices, you sell more of what you already have, or you add something new and into your, you know, you add a new channel into your, your service offering or product offering or some combination therein. So we look at the math and make sure that there's a plan there. Now in the act of claiming your desire and looking at the math, the ideas start to come. You start, it, they start dropping in because you're asking a better question and your brain is designed to answer questions. Your brain starts going, oh, she wants this and she wants to do that. And she doesn't want to work these kind of hours. She wants to work these kind of hours. Okay. Well, let's figure out a solution for that. Okay. So that's how we get out of the magical thinking and into the planning. And then you have to stay good to your word and stay accountable and stay the course course and be persistent and that's in and, and not get splattered and that's where i find that a lot of people go off track is they want to do a thousand and one different things i i know this as a creative entrepreneur like i have ideas more ideas than i can execute on but you need to then take those and really focus and be accountable to the needle moving actions in your business and, and doing those things. And that's how you step out of magical thinking. Oh, I'm just going to wish for it, hope for it, want it. All of those have their place, but that doesn't call them in. You need to actually put the right causes into effect. Love has an effect here so that you're doing the things that will bring in the results that you want. So first the plan and then breaking it down. Okay. This is how I'm going to execute on the plan. These are the new causes and then staying accountable to, to doing those on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that part sound might sound a little, uh, dry or boring, but 
it's not if you embrace it. And it's not when you start making bank, right? Like when you start making more money, you're like, oh, I get it. This makes sense. I I, I was self-sabotaging doing it this other way. And now doing it this way, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing the results. So there you go. I love that. And so I want to get a little bit more on the she's asking better questions. Let's talk about what are better questions because, you know, everybody is always asking themselves questions about what they want, but it, you know, the better, what is the better question as, you know, what is an example of a better question? Okay. So perfect example. You have this big goal that you're going for. You have this next level revenue goal and there's two ways. Let's use the same question, but with a different intonation. So this is a little bit of a nuance on what I was saying. So how is that ever going to happen? That is an an energy of defeat and your brain is going to look for ways that you're going to be defeated. So we have this, this reticular activating system. It's this part of your mind, your part of your brain that hunts and pecks. It's like, oh, she wants this. I'm going to go look for this out in the universe. So if you have a defeating question that you're asking in your, your mind, in your self-talk, that's what it's going to go look for. Now you can ask the same question with a different energy. Okay. So how are we going to make that happen? Right? That's an energy of opportunity, energy of potential. And, and then you start going, Oh, that's interesting. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Or another better question would be, what could I do to create? And let's say your income goal is hundred K or your income goal is seven K, right? Like whatever your income, what would I have to do to make a million dollars this year? Oh, now that's a better question than why is it going to be so hard or how am I going to, um, how, how am I going to avoid the overwhelm? You could ask that and you could get a good answer or you could just be reinforcing the I'm so overwhelmed energy. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And I love how you talk about not only the way it's phrased, but the energy behind you saying it, because you can ask the very same question with different energy. It's like, how am I going to do that? That's that, that one that's going to look for the ways to fail. Whereas it's like, Ooh, how am I going to do that? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's intonation and, and, and the energy behind it. It's not just the words of the question, which is a whole different thing for people to get to grasp. I love that. So let's go into that, that dirty word sales. Cause after you've done all these things, you got to sell because that's, what's going to bring in that money. So everybody, you know, and I say dirty word because so many people think sales is a dirty word. It's icky. It's this. And of course I've learned from you that it's not, so I want you to share that with my people too, so they can understand the difference between the dirty word that they're seeing and feeling and how you teach it and approach it to change their mind. Yeah, no, it's such a great question. Thank you for bringing it up. So the first thing that you need to know as a business owner is that sales is what moves money. You're not going to receive income in your business without making a sale. Okay. It is the mechanism that moves money from one person to another. So if you have a limiting belief or conditioned way of thinking about sales that, that says that this is not who I am or what I do in my business, you're always going to struggle with your income generation. So there's a, there's a money belief and there is simply a, how you've thought about sales 
perspective. And one of the things that I, I really help people understand is that sales is about seeing if you can be of service to someone else and help them solve the problem that they have. So if you enter the sales conversation with an energy of unconditional love, like you're just looking for how you can help and serve, and you're not coming to it from a place of desperation or I want to get something, it's not to deny that you want to make a sale or you want to receive the income. But that is, when I say an energy of unconditional love, it's unconditional love for you yourself and what you want to receive, but also for the other person and how you want to help them. That this is not about manipulation. This is not about um, taking advantage of people. This is not about, um, you know, some bait and switch. You, you want to come to that conversation with this clean energy and just really listen for how you can, what's the problem they have? What is it stop? What is it stopping them from achieving in their lives? And can I help them? And if I can, what would that do for them? And if you ask the right questions in a sales conversation that are along those lines, then it's a very, it becomes a very easy sale. It, it, it's not complicated. It's one person helping another. And who doesn't love to help? Now, you have to do the deep inner work to think about, well, but if I, if I receive money for that, that, that's wrong. And a lot of people have it as taking or that it's bad to charge for what you do. And I can't charge people for that. These are all uh, misconceptions about how the universe works. And how you as a human being are meant to engage in this world. And, and there's a little bit of deprogramming, if you will, that you have to go through when, when learning sales. And it was something that I had to, to really work, work on myself. And when I got it, when it dropped in, then it was like, it's one of my most favorite activities, not simply because of the exchange of money and the revenue, but because I love helping people. And in, in that conversation, I help someone, even if they don't become a client. And it's, and it's the way I train my team to do sales. It's the way I train my clients to do sales. And it works. And you don't leave with an icky, slimy feeling. You leave feeling like you did something amazing for someone, which is um, how every day should feel. I think. Absolutely. I agree. So one last question as a woman and a woman who coaches other women in your experience, do women struggle with this more than men? Is it even, is it, is it, is it more of a woman? And it, not that it's a, you know, good, not, not in a judgmental good or bad thing, but in your experience, have you noticed that women struggle more with the sales being icky and whatnot and having to learn how it's not icky and how to come to it from that perspective? Or is it just everybody is like that and it doesn't matter if you're male or female? So I don't, I haven't done a comprehensive study on this, so I can't tell you for sure. Uh, I'd be interested to see if there's any stats on that. If someone has designed a study to, to evaluate that, I will tell you that there are people who male or female who are, are more adverse to asking for the sale, right? And people who are more at ease with it. 
And part of that comes from your upbringing. Part of that comes from your coaching and your mentorship and training and your character and your natural uh, way of being. I don't think, personally, I don't think it it's male or female. I, I was married to someone who hated sales, right? And he was a he. Um, and I was a she and I loved sales once I learned how to do it without it being um, icky or slimy, right? So right. I wish that was a more uh, data-based answer for you, but I, I think it's really m- more based on personality type. One of the things that I have noticed that is is not the question you asked, but uh, does have something to do with this, it, it, just an interesting thing, that I think the best salespeople are the ones that, you know, natural, not, not necessary. Well, is anyone a natural sales? Everyone needs mentorship on this, but more inclined than less inclined are the folks who were like the C students, the D students. Like there's an adage, like the best salespeople are, are the C students. And I think, you know, the, the women that I attract into my world are like the smarty pants and the, the A students and they dot their I's and they cross their T's. And I think there is some uh, parallel to that, that even, you know, I think I, I was a, an A student and I had to really learn how to do sales and, and not get caught up in, um, the dotting the I's and crossing the T's and learning how to, once I understood the rubric, the, the, the basic structure, really going with an intuitive, uh, direction to it rather than a rigid, uh, way of following it. Does, did that make sense? That makes sense. Cause, and it makes me to, to take that a little bit further. It's, it's a whole about the, the conversation. You call it a sales conversation, not a sales pitch. And that, you know, in my mind, you know, the pitch is that crossing the T's and dotting the I's and having this sell, sell, sell thing. And you have the conversation asking questions, learning what they need, what's getting in their way. If it's a fit for you, how do you then you present how you can help them? It's not about just saying, hi, I'm Sophie Zolman and I sell this and I want you to buy this. Correct. It's, it's a whole different perception and presentation as opposed. And, and I can see where, you know, asking questions is so much easier than trying to come up with this pitch that says all the benefits of what you do. And just it's all about you. It's not. It's about the person you're in the conversation with, what they need, what they want and what's getting in their way and how you can help and serve. So that really melts into and, and defines your answer about it being the conversation and it being about service and love because they're absolutely very opposites. And you can tell the difference when you talk about it that way. hundred percent, hundred percent. I was just on the uh, buying side of a sales conversation and I practically lost my, my cool because it was done so poorly. Like I came (laughs) ready to buy. I'm like, like I pretty much had my credit card out. I was, I knew that, this was what I really wanted and it was not an inexpensive purchase. And like the salesperson did such a poor job of, can I swear on this podcast or no? Yes. Go ahead and swear. Um, giving a shit, right? Like really like it was just going through the motions, not really listening, kind of paraphrasing back was basically like, 
you know, what is it called? Like uh, time stamping, right? Like a uh, time card, like ch um, checking in, checking out, right? Right. And I was like, oh my God, this is so not how to do sales, right? And, uh, and, and, and so it's just interesting. I, I really believe in, in caring, giving, giving a, you know, giving a shit, like really listening, um, wanting to help, wanting to serve. And, and it's such a, uh, I feel like it's a lost art in our, um, in our day and age, there's the speed at which we work and caring enough to slow down and ask questions and really listen to the answers is, is sometimes all it takes to make a sale. Like to, to, for someone to really be seen and really be heard. Now you want to make a sale if it's the right fit and what you do solves their problem. Um, but if that's the case, sometimes just, just really paying attention is enough to shift things for people, help them step forward. Yeah. So did that turn you off enough to not buy what you really wanted? I know. Isn't that a great question? Almost. Someone on my team had to talk me off the ledge. Like I was like, if this, if this is how they do sales, do I want to uh, actually do this? Right. I, I was, I was having second thoughts and uh, uh, my strategic advisor was like, I still think it's the right thing to do. Like if you can move beyond it and, and I basically, I had to say, I don't like this. I want a guarantee and like, I'm going to go away, right? Like I'm going to get my money back because if he was the representative of this company uh, and that's what I was going to get on the backside, I didn't want that. So I uh, ultimately bought and it turned out to be a great decision. I did share with other people in the company, my, my experience because I, I, I had to, to get it off my, my chest, but, um, yeah. Not as a squeaky wheel, but like as a, like almost a service, Sophie. I'm like, you guys have, so, I like got to the back end. I was like, great onboarding, great, like great service. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh, this is all great. It's like, wow, this that you have on the front end is not presenting that well. At least it didn't for me. Maybe it was an, a one off issue. So. Maybe, maybe. Well, that's interesting. I'm really glad you talked about a very specific experience where you experienced a sales pitch more than a conversation or one that was kind of a little bit of both. And, and you went ahead and went with it and found out that what you bought was well worth it. It's just they need to work on their sales, maybe. So I love it. All right, Amira, it's time to kind of wrap it up. So tell my people where they can find you, how they can learn more. And if there's any offer you want to put out to my listeners, feel free to do it. Okay, fantastic. So the best place to find us is at our website, theunstoppablewoman.com. If you go to our free stuff page, so that's theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff, you'll get hooked up to our Facebook group, our podcast. I put, on, put out a bunch of content uh, regularly, three times a week. Um, we have free downloads on how to scale. So there's tons of stuff there. We also have the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit that is coming up in May. And that's a three-day virtual event. It's just me teaching for three days. Sophie's come to it. And um, you want to, I mean, that's where I would love everyone to go and, and sign up for. We're in super early bird um, ticket pricing right now. So uh, that would be the, the, the best place to, to 
you know, engage with me and, and we do deep teaching for three days. So there you go. Love it. Love it. And I can speak from experience from the Income Breakthrough Summit multiple times. It is well worth it, whether it's virtual or in person. Oh my gosh, you're going to get so much out of it. it it's it's really a great place to start um, along with her podcast. Oh my gosh, the podcast is amazing too. So that all being said, thank you for being on the show, Amira. I'm really excited that you came on and I appreciate you coming on here. And to my listeners, we will see you all next week. Thanks for having me, Sophie. Anytime. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Building Your Empire. For more tips on business building and living your best life, check out our website at sophiezo.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great day.